What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. It is a Saturday afternoon edition of the show. Coming in hot to remind you guys, Summer Porch Tour, big one coming up in California this week. Then Childerberg, Reno, Chicago, more dates coming soon. But uh, if you're out in the California area, pick up some tickets, wear your sheaths. No one's wearing pants at this party. We're all going to be showing off our sheath bulge. That's the way we're doing it. Promo code RYM, you get yourself 20% off. You don't want to be the one person showing up in their boxers and everyone's like, hey, this guy's got no bulge on, on, on his pants. Then he must have a small wiener. And then everyone's laughing at you. But you show up with sheath and then uh, you get in your sheath bulge and everyone's like, wow, this guy's got a great wiener. He can hang out with us at the party. You're allowed to wear pants at Summer Porch. I don't want people thinking, oh, I don't want to buy a ticket and you know, I, I don't have any sheaths and I don't want to show up. Um, I'm just trying to be humorous while I plug my sponsor to start the show. All right. Anyways, we got a jam-packed episode. You're sitting there at home and you're wondering, is my crypto going to nothing? Did I did I put my life investment into the big old scam of the century and I'm going to walk away with nothing? And we're going to be covering that on today's episode. Uh, and I do have a special guest, but here, here's to, here's today's topics. Uh, one, is BlackRock playing Django with your stable coins? That's the big rumor that they're out there. They're trying to undermine these stable coins. I mean, the stable coins are crap anyways. I don't know why you'd buy a stable coin. It's not that stable. You don't have any horses. doesn't make no sense. Uh, but, you know, the rumors are that BlackRock's getting out there. They're trying to undermine the systems. So that way, if Janet Yellen can come to rescue and go, hey, we told you guys that it wasn't safe to just open up accounts online. And so don't worry. We're here with the regulation to make sure that no one can do anything outside of the big, point, big banks. We're also going to be covering is Coinbase lending your money to the Fed. Are there enough drugs on the dark net to support a 25K price floor for Bitcoin? Fuck that one up. Why you shouldn't invest in products that revolve around, we've got an algorithm that sells that thing. And so as long as we sell that thing to support this thing, then it's all going to work out. We're going to break that down in a minute. And then the new baby formula made of people, because we all know there's an issue in the world with all this baby formula. And of course, you're like, how do you run out of baby formula? You're giving chemicals to kids. Is it that hard to get to get the chemicals together? Like kids, they don't puke up tit milk. You throw tit milk into a kid. They're not throwing it up. You give them the baby formula, and that's when they start fucking projectile vomiting like an exorcism on people's backs where you're leaning them, and you're patting it, you're patting it, and then all of a sudden, you know, like, I didn't even realize a kid could puke that much. But that's what happens when when you when you trust Nestle, the organization that's interested in slave labor and taking over water rights from, you know, indigenous people, and you start feeding your kid their baby for What do you think's in this shit? It's fucking pure chemicals. So you would think that corporations like Nestle, that both are okay with slave labor and giving chemicals to kids, they'd figure out how to source those chemicals for kids. You would think that that's an equation that how could you possibly mess up? So I was curious, how is it that we're running out of baby formula? And there was an article in the Wall Street Journal. I recommend that you guys go read it called What Caused the Baby Formula Shortage? And so what are they talking about? They're talking about how uh, you're not allowed to import from other countries. You got this 85% tax that got to get paid to the local government. Essentially, it's a story as old as time. Government comes in, they create these regulations, they think it's going to make sense, and all of a sudden you run out of product. So what do we got to do? We got to open up the market and baby formula. And uh, I do like to preach ideas. You know, I'm a creative guy. I got my sales and marketing background. So if you're out there, uh, when they start opening up the baby formula market, to new competitors, you don't want to miss your moment to launch a company. And so here's the brand I'm looking to launch, Them Big Taters with extra nutrients. I would have came up with more, but uh, Stephen wanted to start early. So that was the only brand I came up with. But I was very proud of this joke. So if you want to invest in Gerber's Them Big Taters with extra nutrients for kids, <laughs> I would love to have your investment money. And uh, guess what? 
my investment in, you know, them big taters will probably last longer than these stable coins. So we welcome to the show our uh, resident non-scientist. Hold on one second. Bring you on here. How are we doing, Mr. Steven? Oh, I'm doing great. And I want to be first in line for them big taters, please. Oh, I think it's going to be delicious. I, I'm working. I'm working on a formula, probably chocolate milk, and uh, we're gonna wow. we're gonna get protein in there. We're gonna get maybe some uh, cinnamon. Cinnamon. Ooh, that's interesting. I've never had a cinnamon chocolate milk, but I could see that working. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm thinking so, like cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff we could do here. I love how you framed yourself to almost look like it's a tropical background. <laughs> <laughs> a good old college try. Yeah, yeah. It's like it would not have taken that much more effort to like have the setting, but instead you're just showcasing that you tried. I love it. Yeah, dude. We're real here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, well, no I get it. Man. You know, yeah, ever since Luna went under, you can't be affording a full backdrop. <laughs> Unbelievable, bro. So uh you know. This is the Wild West, man. This is akin to like banking charters in the early 1900s. What's going on here? And uh, I guess just to back up a little bit, you know, um, uh, crypto is a lot in the news recently, particularly because of the stable coin. And so under crypto, you have a couple different categories. One's a stable coin and the other's digital assets. These digital assets are like protocols like Bitcoin that trade on the free market. They're based on speculation and their use case. And that's kind of what controls the price there. Versus these stable coins, which are really akin to going to a casino. And when you go to a casino, you give like $5 to the casino and they'll give you a $5 chip. And then that $5 chip allows you to then go in and play blackjack or numerous other games. And you can either, you know, make money and then bring that $5 or $10 chip back to the casino, in which case they give you that five or 10 bucks, right? And that then that chip is just a placeholder of real cash. And that's akin to a stable coin in the crypto markets. Um, the stable coin is just your casino chip that you go and you play and you invest, save or gamble in these other cryptocurrencies. So, so in other words, the only reason someone's buying a stable coin is so that they can transact somewhere else. Like no one's no one's buying a stable coin because they prefer to a dollar. They prefer the stable coin because I can't like I, 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 let's just go with an online gambling example. Maybe right. I can't walk into this online casino with my physical dollar. So I transfer my dollar into Terra, which is a stable coin. So that's easier to transact with than like a Bitcoin, which uh, is going to be, you know, I might buy in one day and now it's, you know, 10% less the next day. Easy. So it's easier for online transactions if there's a stable coin that I can convert my money into. Okay. Uh, and so what, what are the big things that people are like you, because it seems like some people are just holding their, the, the, the stable coins and staking them, which is retarded. I mean, the, the idea that you were going to make some giant, um, and with that said, I'm on Gemini. I've got a couple things staked, so I'm in on the retardation. I'll, uh, I'll push back a little bit there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's an excellent setup. Um, the thing is, so staking these stable coins is very akin to buying a bond and, 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 and what staking is, but is like Robert risky, risky bond. We'll get into that. Right. <laughs> Depending on the stable coin you choose. Right. And so for Terra, for instance, there was an APY similar to a bond return of 20%. So if I held a hundred thousand dollars of Terra just in my digital wallet a year later, I would have $120,000 or zero when you found out it was a big old scam. Correct. And we're going to get right, <laughs> right into that dude. And so this is a good, this is a good teaching moment too. If you're seeing a thousand percent APYs on a DeFi project, 
it's a lot more risky than the thing than Bitcoin, which you're, you're going to get five percent at most back. Um, although that's totally different. I actually I don't want to bring Bitcoin into this. That's a it's a different conversation. But um, but so the reason you would hold these stable coins is because obviously they're supposed to be pegged to the dollar, but they give you higher returns. So instead of buying a 10 year treasury at 3%, you could stake your USDC, which is a collateralized stable coin for 9%. Or you could try this new risky algorithmic stable coin, Terra, that's going to pay you 20%, but it's also going to go to zero in a matter of a couple hours. Okay. So what the big one that went under this past week, I, I forget, cause I know it was like, I mean, dude, it's so funny when you start looking and you're like, well, that makes no sense. It was Luna and Luna, which was like the backup coin for what was the actual yeah. stable? This coin is very, came? very fucking interesting. And, and yeah. again, I, I just I wrote down some stuff. I, I just want to give some context. So sure. Bernie, Bernie Madoff was famous for the Ponzi scheme, the pyramid scheme. He cleared about $17 billion in real cash. And that was fraud. That was defrauded. So his right. scheme was $17 billion. Uh, UST a couple days ago before it fell was about 15 billion. So we're talking the same, similar to Bernie Madoff to the United States financial system. We just had that for the crypto financial system. And to, and to go to, to more how this works. So they're collateralized stable coins like uh, USDC, which is the gold standard. They actually have a, a, a charter with the Federal Reserve. They're actually licensed bank. And so every $1 of USDC stable coin is actually backed by one real dollar in a bank that's overlooked by the Fed. So if you oh, were I to didn't even know that existed. Right, right. And so, of course, this isn't decentralized, right? So pure decentralized Bitcoiners don't like that because it's essentially a Fed coin, right? But it's through a private company. But you get 9% yield on it. So that's yeah, let's a go very... Get let's go get jobs at that private company. Dude, not... Yeah, dude, not a bad idea. And so, and so on the other end of the spectrum, you have what Terra tried to do, which is to literally make an algorithmic stablecoin. Can yeah. I pause you for one second? So there's a... There's a stable coin that has a tie-in with the Fed, and it's a one-to-one -one backing that pays ten percent. Yes, right now. And so, you have to stake that for ten percent. No, my friend, you just hold it in your wallet. Um, uh, Celsius, uh, Hodlnot, Voyager, uh, I think Gemini. Um, I can come, you know, I, I can go through my phone. But actually, for USDC. Uh, it's upwards as eight to nine percent just for holding it in your wallet. You don't actually now why, like just from a you know dummy risk reward type. Like if it's as risk free as the U.S. dollar, how in hell can they be paying me nine percent, whereas a bank's giving me what point zero zero dick? Nothing. Beautiful question. One middleman. The banks are always trying to scalp you for the difference, but the banks are running on the difference between the treasury notes. The banks are subject to give you your savings account based on the interest rate that the Fed has. And those, right. are, those are historically low. What USDC gets its yield from is you have to hold your USDC with these centralized entities. So it's your wallet. Like you have a Gemini, but Gemini controls it. So Gemini could cut you off, right? But it's still your right. wallet. That makes sense. So what Gemini does is they actually take that USDC that you have in your wallet and, and it acts as a uh, asset on Gemini's balance sheet. And then Gemini can then loan out that USDC to a lot of these degenerate gamblers in Wall Street that like to go long or short Bitcoin. So basically, people that like to borrow money to make bets in other cryptocurrencies, but they, they, they there's only they like to do that with a stable coin because you can't have two things fluctuating, which is where Luna Terra went bad. It had two cryptos trying to control each other. All right, but here, here's I, I just have to point something out, which is yeah. wild. 
if Gemini is paying you 10% because they're lending out the money to somebody else, that means let's just say they have to be capturing some sort of a spread there. Right. Yeah. So that, that must mean that they're lending it out, let's say for 11%. Who are these people in mass that don't have enough of their own money to go place these wild speculative bets, but are willing to pay 11% to Gemini yes, yes, to yeah. borrow your coin and do something wildly speculative. Great and then, question. And if it's happening in mass, just think about how much rot must be in this system. So to so to push back a little, or, or I guess to give some context, so the volatility of the crypto market is a function of how, or excuse me, how much money you can make in the derivatives market, which is not betting on active actual cryptocurrencies, but the changes is a function of the volatility. And so since the cryptocurrency market is so volatile, if I want to go long or short Bitcoin, I'm willing to pay that 10%, uh, I'm willing to pay 20% just to borrow that money for a couple of weeks. So then that's what that's what that's what I'm trying to give you uh, to give you this information. So I I would be willing to borrow your USDC for 20% uh, a year, but if you break that down to just a week, you divide that by 50. Does that make sense? So it's so I'm not really paying 20%. I'm only paying what 20 divided by 50, right? So I'm actually only paying 0.4%. Right, but what happens only- when people are losing? Like if 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 you got all this leveraged bets in the system, yeah. Uh, and people are losing these bets, then like you're not going to get paid back. So the thing is, it's kind of, it's collateralized. So people, so the the money doesn't come. The like the money due isn't on Gemini who's lending it out. The money's due on the person that made the bet. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And so and so in order for them to make the bet, they they had to have some assets too. Like they're not just borrowing. Does that make sense? They're not just borrowing out of thin air. They have to put down assets to to get so that there's money one, out. Th- there's one thing I will say that uh, appears to be different about the crypto exchanges, at least on paper, and we might all be just getting defrauded yeah. by the Winklebutt buddies. Uh, yeah. But, and I, I have a Gemini account and I have... Uh, you know, I've got I've got things staked on there. My, the reason why I have things staked on there is because I understand that there's risk of me leaving it on their platform as opposed to holding it within my own wallet. So I might as well stake it and get compensated for that risk. Um, okay, I, I'm here's my thought here. Mm-hmm. When I have money on Robinhood, or if I have money on TD Ameritrade, uh, or well, let's not even say money. I got stocks. Uh, those exchanges will, I believe, lend my stocks to other people so that they can go be shorted. And then I guess I, I don't even know how they're making their money there because they're not. I'm selling. not. I'm, but you're absolutely right. I'm not going to pretend I, I've looked into this, but I'm right. sure some someone of your viewers has probably some experience or a financial degree at some fucking New York school. They'll be able to tell you. But um, no, I, but I, I, yeah. I, just to some uh, the differences in the crypto market like it's still new so they kind of have to compensate you for what like at a bank is a legacy activity so yeah middleman like yeah like chase bank they don't have to give me shit by way of interest but gemini kind of does you know what i mean or it's like or if you're on a stock exchange they'll just short your shit without you know they'll just lend it to someone to short whereas like in the crypto space it seems like you have to actually give them permission via staking it uh, it does surprise. It would surprise me looking back if 50 years from now, if some of these exchanges don't fail and we don't discover that they were like 
I'm sure they're lending, they're engaging in fractional reserve banking because why wouldn't they? Like they would be dumb not to. Like any casino Except in the world has a blockchain, a public blockchain. But yeah, what you think? But there's no public blockchain of Coinbase of the Coinbase ledger. Like, like yeah, there might be can't... a there might be a blockchain of like Bitcoin, but right. like as far as anyone's concerned, my money's on Coinbase. So like if they are engaging to push in... back a little bit, there's a wall yeah. associated. So you can act like, again, this is a great conversation to have. And this has to go with two, Terra Luna too. It, there's a spectrum, right? There are the blue right. chips and then, and then there's the risk reward spectrum. And that's exactly what you're hitting on. So with Coinbase, there's a lot with this fucking securities and, and bankruptcy thing. And that's kind of what you're getting at. Um, there's some nuance because there's no laws about cryptocurrency exchanges. So they're using old laws that have to do with stock brokers. So that's where that right. kind of came in. And second of all, I, I totally feel like I totally get what you're saying, but that's where it comes into to, uh, to do your to trust and verify. So Coinbase gives you your own wallet. And so you can actually Google that wallet address and you can go to like bitcoin.com or anywhere where you can check the public ledger and you can actually make sure that that bitcoin even though it's in your coinbase wallet is real bitcoin right but like you're saying some of this other shit with new blockchains who knows but that being said if if someone like coinbase who's been in the space for 10 years was accused of doing that at a large scale i don't you know I don't know, man, you know, but then again, who would have thought the banks would do it? But, but again, the banks have a different kind of, you know, but yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. I, uh, I, I, I did not make, we did a, a like a pretty epic uh, part of the problem last night. It was with uh, myself, Dave Smith, Guy Swan and uh, Clint. Oh, and yeah. yeah, it's cool. We, we like, we went, we went deep on like financial stuff. Um, and I was giving pushback. I, I bought, like, I didn't even say this on the show. I bought the last dip on Bitcoin. So I'm not, I'm not panicking. I'm not leaving. I believe in it. But I was giving some of what I see as like the risky bear story. Mm -hmm. And I was talking uh, about a, the theoretical that we did just discover that Coinbase can, if they go bankrupt, seize your assets, which is not, doesn't, doesn't sound good. It particularly doesn't sound good. If you've got what, if, if, if all of a sudden people are start selling out in mass and you've got a couple of these crumbles or even a lawsuit, cause now there's a lawsuit against Coinbase for this collapse. And you just said you it's selling, large Bitcoin? As, selling Bitcoin in mass. Yeah. So people are selling okay. their Bitcoin in mass, uh, because you know, they, they got to cover their losses from the levers that they had in the stock market or, right. Coinbase starts getting sued for uh um for the stable coin, which uh which I, I see that there's a lawsuit, but we discovered that if for some reason they went bankrupt, uh it would appear they that you're not getting your crypto back. They're not just holding it, that would be theirs for and not yours. Clients. For uh, for for banks or for big clients, they, they it's different, but yeah, for retail, you're right. Oh, you mean me? Me and you would get our would get our crypto back? Other, no, the rich people You're, would. We rich wouldn't. people would. We wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that, and especially when you tell me the retail people will. That's when you start going like, ah, shit. This looks like this looks like a this looks like a problem. Right. So I was saying basically that it would seem to me if a if a site like Coinbase went out, which I believe actually most of the crypto transactions for like buying and selling a Bitcoin actually does take place on the exchanges. I don't know what this market looks like. Guy basically said, well, I, I, you, everyone should go listen to the episode. It was two hours. I was getting hammered on gin. I might not have this right. So you're not no, getting my, no, let's hear it. You're getting my spin. 
which was essentially, well, like, you know, he's the, you know, not your wallet, not your crypto, not your keys, not your crypto type person. Uh, and also sounded like, you know, at a minimum, crypto is the one asset where you could potentially know that you have it, leave the country, Bitcoin, and then, not crypto. Uh, Bitcoin, and then go spend it. And, but what I was thinking, I didn't, I, like, I... It's funny. Dave actually gave me like uh, a hard time. He's like, you bitched out on this conversation. Uh, but I was thinking of this scenario. I just didn't say it. But like, no, I feel no. like if I put my money onto a physical wallet, which thus far I haven't done because I'm lazy. But let's say I put my wallet on. You will a when you come out to California. I'll get you. All right. We'll get that done. I put my money onto a physical wallet. Let's say I left the country and now I want to go spend my Bitcoin off of my physical wallet. Yeah. I would get robbed by the first person I met who said, yeah, I'll sell you this. And then they plug my shit into their computer and then bam, now my hard drive's empty and it's all on their thing. I'm oh, just, I, I, I would get pirated within three minutes. You're thinking, of, like a, yeah. you're, you're thinking like a fiat huckster, bro. Okay. There's, there's a, the best meme I've seen about Bitcoin is with Neo and Morpheus. And Neo's all asking right. Morpheus, he's like, Morpheus, when do I sell the Bitcoin? And Morpheus <laughs> goes, Neo, when you're ready, you won't have to. The Ooh. point here is that yeah. That Bitcoin's becoming, Gucci's accepting it. There, are, there are mortgages that are accepting it. The idea is that in the Bitcoin white paper, Satoshi never mentioned Coinbase. He never mentioned exchanges. The whole purpose of Bitcoin is peer to peer. And honestly, right. honestly, I, you know, I'm pretty well plugged into to the space because I find it fucking fascinating. And I listen to a lot of different people, and a lot of the more intelligent i don't want to say intelligent that's not the a lot of the people that are in the weeds would actually like that to happen rob would like coinbase to go down and for everyone to get fucking scared and for maybe bitcoin to go you know now we're talking ifs right right Coinbase goes down the world is fucking falling bitcoin hits 10k but then where's the infrastructure for me i mean they call it the pizza problem but like when do we get oh when man and how do we get to the infrastructure? I, I have brochures that I give out here, dude. It's Moonwall. <laughs> okay. So it, it's just. Oh, my God. I love it. Dude, you have such a Mormon face if you're handing out a brochure. <laughs> dude, I'm Jehovah's Witness, except for, like, for I, I tell them like, I tell them like, you know, we don't need you. I'm trying to save you. And they're all like, oh, no, I'm like, check it out. <laughs> it's actually a brochure for local businesses to accept Bitcoin. I tip my hairdresser in Bitcoin. I oh, go to smaller cool. markets and buy that in Bitcoin. This is getting what you're saying. You right. don't need an exchange. An exchange is level one. It's level zero. What is this? I'm used to trading stocks on Robinhood. Let's go to a fucking exchange. A lot of shit coins. That sucks. Go right. to Moon Wallet. There are dozens of apps on iOS and Android. And even if they ban those, you can get them online with the VPN. Uh, we're talking way crazy, right? But there are apps that you can go to that aren't connected to a centralized exchange. They don't even know your name. You just create a Bitcoin wallet. And that's your wallet. And so the, what's happening now is if you look out, there are great articles that people are removing their Bitcoin from Coinbase. And that's what I got to do. Dude, I'm getting that done. When we're Dude, in California. I'll, I'll, sh I'll, show you a, I'll show you a graph. I should have brought it up. But you can see the amount because Bitcoin's public, right? We, and right? we know Coinbase's address. And so we can actually see how much coin, Bitcoin Coinbase has at any time. And this is the lowest it's been in like four or five years. And you yeah, can see surprised. it. Right, right, right. Because people are moving to these decentralized wallets where all you need to do is remember like the passcode to your phone. They make it very easy now. It's very akin to having an email address. Like you can open up any email, right? And with a fake email and then right. you can send that fucking email to anyone. If I want to email Putin, I can email Putin. If I wanted to send Bitcoin to Putin and he just opened up a random wallet, I could send Bitcoin to Putin, you know? It's, you, know, that work, you know, 
Yeah. So, but that's the, that's the exciting thing, dude. And what we're right. seeing now is a massive shakeout from the people that just want to make a quick buck to the people that are getting more understanding. Like we are that saying like, so, yeah, you know, Coinbase can go fuck itself, but they're right. cool. All right. So you and I, we got a similar uh, wavelength of ADD here. So let's go back to our original conversation, uh, which was uh, we were I I didn't realize that this crappy coin was the same size as the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme. That's pretty that's pretty remarkable uh, when you just think of the impact. Like, I mean, I know people that like not my friends, but a couple of my parents friends had to sell their homes and downsize their lifestyle after the Madoff thing. Like they had real money, like, you know, in yeah. with Madoff. Um, and Madoff had his great thing where I don't even want your money. That was his move. Yeah. Like, oh, it's hard. You, you got to, it's like a special club to get that fixed 10% for Madoff. Uh, but then, it, it, okay, I turn it back to you. Because what I saw, what I saw of this scam was it was uh, with the algorithmic. It's like, oh, don't worry, we're going to sell that other thing. And so by selling that other thing, you know, we'll buy this thing. And then if this thing goes up, we sell this and we, well, it's like, what happens if people don't want either of those two things, you know? You you <laughs> literally just nailed it. And you know what? It's a fun idea. I would draw this out on chalkboard and do, we would have laughs and maybe we'd start it on our own, but we wouldn't let it get to 15 billion. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. you mean just so, like the, the fact that- It's a that, great idea. And right. it's important to realize the, 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 the code worked perfectly. The computers didn't break down. The idea was- the i mean i don't want to speak to the black rock just shorted it right right like the the idea was like i it's an idea it's a fucking terrible one that didn't work but it was an experiment and and that's into contrast to madoff which is a pyramid scheme which is like hey invest in me and then i'll double your money um but he doesn't tell them that he's doubling their money by getting other suckers below them to come up right so the, the the pyramid scheme and a ponzi and this does kind of get me is based on secrecy versus versus a scam like this which is which is more based on you know incompetence and over exuberance and and it's and it's almost akin to 2008 but to go back to the uh, me- mechanism so there's the UST stablecoin that's always supposed to be $1 and on the other side of that there's the luna coin and the idea is that as more people gravitate to UST so they swipe their credit card to buy UST or sell bitcoin to get UST as a stablecoin to get that yield maybe of uh, the luna actually gets burned in equal proportion so if I wanted to buy $100 of UST, what would happen is $100 of that Luna token would get burned and actually removed from the pool. And so the idea is that as, as more people go buy into UST, more Luna would actually get destroyed, which would then create the supply and demand dynamics of Luna to always go up. So the idea was that as, as more people adopt the stablecoin, more of this Luna token gets burned. And since there's no since the supply is going out the window, the price and the demand stays the same. It should rise and w- which would then allow as more people get into the stablecoin, the, the rising other side of that boat, which is real money. Right. Because you need to buy Luna with real United States dollars. Right. So this is real money. But then you would sell Luna to get more UST. But the problem, like you just fucking expertly hit on, is that what happens when more people want UST and they're burning Luna, but no one wants Luna. So the price of Luna falls. And as more people go to buy UST, they need to keep burning Luna because but the price is falling. And then the whole thing goes to shit. And that dollar peg 
goes to 50 cents, goes to 20 cents. And all of a sudden that fucking casino chip you had that was worth $5 that you were gambling with, you go back to the fucking casino and it's worth 50 fucking cents, the same chip. Yeah. And so is that now at zero? Is it like defunct gone or like people are holding pennies on the dollars hoping that somehow it rallies? Um, Do Kwan, the guy that made it, um, he, you know, he's, he's kind of, he's a scumbag, right? Like he actually made overtures to the Bitcoin community. He said, Hey, we're going to buy $10 billion of Bitcoin. And then you help that to back up Luna and which gets people like me very fucking excited. Like if you you want me to suck your dick, dude, tell me you're going to buy a billion dollars of Bitcoin. I'll do it. (laughs) All right. There you go. Yeah. Right. Right. But he also made these overtures to other communities and it was a way to get his stable coin uh, marketed. It was a marketing ploy, dude. And so he never did it. Or he actually he bought 1.5 billion of Bitcoin. He was going. To, he actually has money, so he was going to buy 10 billion. But before he could get there, everything crashed, and so he needed to sell the 1.5 billion dollars of Bitcoin. Which, which again, in the context of World War III, COVID, governments actively attacking Bitcoin, the fact that we're holding on to 29k, 30k is absolutely fucking amazing. Got you, got you. Uh, all right. What else uh, did you want to cover in the crypto space? I think uh, one of the other things he had for us was that essentially, in your opinion, it's all crap except for Bitcoin and Ethereum and that Ethereum's value is that it's actually tied in with the legacy system. So I hand it to you to kind of lay this theory on us. So so the powers that be had a chance to slit crypto's throat in probably 2013 2014 and the irs decision of what is cryptocurrency specifically bitcoin turns out the irs labeled bitcoin as private property which cemented cryptocurrency there 2017 2018 there was a massive crash the united states treasury could have easily said this is all fucking ponzi scheme bullshit and and canceled it they didn't then so now we're in 2022 uh it's too big it's too big to fail uh essentially cryptos worked its way and specifically bitcoin into every aspect and in conjunction with these old, really slow, dumb bureaucrats and these ancient systems that haven't been updated in decades from the banking system, it was all for the taking. So now we're in a point where you can't ban cryptocurrency as a whole, but you can certainly use unregistered security laws, which is a majority of what's trading on Coinbase. So a security is just something you buy that you want to then uh, sell for a profit. And, and so the reason Bitcoin's not a security is because back when they made the ruling, they saw utility for Bitcoin as a peer-to-peer transfer system, right? People like me buy Bitcoin not just to make a more United States dollars. I buy Bitcoin because I'm going to use it at stores later. And, tra- and you know, that, so it's a little different. But these other cryptocurrencies, they're very clearly kind of a VC startup investments in protocols or companies. And that's other important. Bitcoin's the only decentralized cryptocurrency it's really the only crypto every other cryptocurrency you see on coinbase including ethereum has an ethereum foundation behind it and so back to the point that we are trying that the world is too late to ban crypto it just is but it's not too late to cut the fat and and that's that's what's happening what's funny is gary Gensler and the sec is very slow they're they're using this that guy uncertain- sucks yeah, dude. Who used to teach about Bitcoin and Ethereum? Oh, really? Absolute scumbag. He, at MIT, he gave fucking lessons on Ethereum, bro. Is he a Jew? He looks like a Jew. Probably. Yeah. Him and Jim. I don't want to comment, though. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, and, and and so since they can't ban it, what they did see is Ethereum moving to this proof of stake, which we talked about before. And what the, which means the it can be corrupted, right? 
corrupted and this whole energy narrative that's bullshit again like the vast majority of bitcoins already renewable we already talked about how it incentivizes renewable energy but they like the idea that you can change ethereum you can't change bitcoin someone i I, something i have a little thing with guy a little disagreement is a bitcoin improvement protocol that was proposed recently i'm very against it guys for it but what's important is that that shit doesn't happen in bitcoin like this right there's a conversation that shit happens once every couple of years and we all vote on it, right? So if me and Guy disagree, there's a way to go that with Ethereum, if the Ethereum foundation says something, that's where they go. And there are more and more ties between the world economic. And I don't, I don't, I don't trust that bald looking alien motherfucker. You shouldn't dude. Yeah. Vitalik. Oh my yeah, God. Dude. He got us from Mars. Victim. Him and Elon Musk, they're competing aliens. Dude, it's crazy fucking times. And then you got Sam Baker and Freed, dude, the 25 year old with the curly hair, dude. Who's the billionaire? Uh, I don't know if I've seen that guy. Oh, bro, uh, he's he runs FTX, which is a competitor to Coinbase. Dude, a 25 year old baller. He's playing World of Warcraft while like on doing interviews for fucking like people. Really? He he literally like designed the trade, like the trading floor, like coin. It's really impressive if you look up Sam Baker. Oh, he's the one. He left Coinbase, right? He might have. He's very young, yeah. Okay. Uh, what else do we have to cover, Mr. Steven? Yeah, no, that, that was it. And just, like, to be careful. And, and these these unregistered securities or other coins, some of them are fucking cool. And you asked who had Luna. Dude, I had 500 bucks of Luna because there was a promotion going on where, like, if you move $500 of Luna and stake it for 30 days, they give you 50 bucks, which is a lot, dude, 10%. Right. So I had my Luna staked. And then I was like, oh, there goes 500 to 50 <laughs> cents real quick. But... The reason that I'm like that is because I knew it wasn't Bitcoin. That was such right. a small part of my fucking portfolio. That right. was like, yo, let me get this well, promotion. I, I, yeah. I own everything that's not Bitcoin. I Like when I purchased it, it was a lottery ticket. Right. It was an expensive it's, scratch lotto ticket. Exactly. And they're fun, dude. Any Bitcoin maxi <laughs> that says like yeah. all these other shit coins are that's bullshit, dude. I've had so much fun, dude. I've done play to earn games, dude. I've done right. NFTs, dude. Really fun shit. Just don't put the fucking house in it, dude. Right. If you're gonna put your house slowly, dollar cost average in Bitcoin if you like it. But you can't you can't just look for a 10x on these fucking right. things that might go to zero. And and right. so and I just lastly, just a I think. It's very important. What doesn't kill Bitcoin makes it stronger. And this isn't fucking killing Bitcoin, dude. I know it's hard to think in the future, dude. I'm willing to say this is one of the toughest times Bitcoin's been through. And I've I've only been here for a couple of years. But, uh, you know, looking back in it, the between. Just to to kind of give people like, listen, I'm really lazy with my money. And I like I don't have a winning strategy. I'm lucky. I mean, I, I, I bought, I put $3,500 into Bitcoin when it was at about five grand. So I have like 85% of a coin. I wish I'd bought one full coin. That's, that's most of my Bitcoin holdings. Since then, I haven't, per, I, I've basically bought dips when dips happened. And my more recent strategy is essentially I get paid once a month at my job. Like that's my paycheck. Right. And I put between three and 10% into alternative currencies uh, which like, sometimes that means I'm buying gold. Sometimes that means I'm mostly buying Bitcoin less than 1% into like an Ethereum or other. So it's like, just don't like, I, I like I, dude, I, I love guy guys fucking awesome. And I think his, his outlook on Bitcoin is that that is the real currency. And so he, I think he keeps a hundred percent in Bitcoin and basically trades out when he needs us dollar, um, which is great. I'm, I'm significant. Like I'm a believer and I love it, but I, I'm more like, I think 5% probably makes sense. 
<laughs> okay, I'm I'm much closer to guys, so, but I feel that it, it it comes down to yours. You know, it, it's everyone's like uh, factors, right? Like I'm only doing that because like I, I I have a clear runway for the next twelve months, dude. If I didn't have a clear runway for the next twelve months, I wouldn't be doing that. So like you said, well, um, you mean clear runway? Like you have enough U.S. dollars just to cover whatever your life expenses are for twelve months? Yeah, or the ability to the, the easy ability. I'm not saying if I got it, it broke my legs, I could do that. But right. as of now, dude, I, I can make money enough that, you know, I can have I, I can I can get money in every month and live, dude. I don't need right. to sell. But you're you're, but, uh, you're slinging some cum. You're making you're making those those freezer dollars, dude. And the tips are in Bitcoin, dude. It's great. <laughs> All but, right. So be, before I let you go, one thing I did want to cover. Let's pull back up uh, my notes here. Nice. All right. So we already have, there's a shortage when it comes to baby formula. I think baby formula shortages, uh, you know, makes people aware of the fact, like, you know, the same as the toilet paper thing, fucking freak people out. We're like, yeah. man, I'm gonna have to start shitting in my sink. Like what kind of an animal am I? Uh, so this was a headline today. Did not even read the entire article, but it was India bans wheat exports and growing wave of food protectionism. This is from Bloomberg. Uh, I don't have a Bloomberg, Bloomberg sub, so I get five articles a month and then, you know, I just have to work off the headlines. Uh, but fuck Mike Bloomberg. I, I, I already pay for a lot of news things. Mike Bloomberg, that guy touches women in the workplace. I'm not supporting him. Uh, so this would suggest to me that India is kind of lining up a little bit more with China and Russia. Uh, and uh, the problem, I think, with food shortages globally, and I'm talking out of my ass here, uh, but that's why I'm friends with smarter people like you. Maybe you know more about this. I'm going to guess that we're mostly going to be OK here. Uh, but some of the poorer countries in the world, like I, I there were food riots yesterday in Iran. Uh, I do think some other some other countries are going to have uh, like a real tough time. Uh, any are you personally making any? Like uh, food arrangements, you got any wild conspiracy theories here or predictions for next year? Again, um, uh, not a not health advice, but I routinely go to McDonald's. I get two McChickens for three dollars and fifty cents. That price hasn't changed in years. I'm okay. a happy camper, dude. I, that's all I need a day. But and like, then you honestly, take, and then you take but, your new Fluxian or whatever, so that your body can process that shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, the metformin, dude, get all the crap out. Yeah, exactly. But um, but but real. Can talk, I do a met? Can I do a metformin cleanse while I'm out in California? <laughs> I got I got so many pills. Yeah, we'll be good. <laughs> dude, the one I'm I'm just the one thing you're gonna hate. I'm not eating any McDonald's. You're gonna hate my Jew angst when I make you go out for better meals. Bro, I yeah. Oh, don't worry, dude. There's great food. I I got some plans. We'll be good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so you think all of these food headlines nonsense will be all right? I'll we will, but I'll tell you why. And I think, and I honestly think you could do another fucking two day show on this. The, the, the United States dollar is the highest it's been in 30 fucking years. What does that mean? That means the United States dollar just in the last year buys 20% more from every other fucking country than it did a year ago. That means when we go, when we go to wave money in front of a country like India or, or wherever the fucking wheat is coming from, they want our dollars. Right. And so that means as the one number one importer and importer, all that extra wheat in the world is coming to us first because the they dollars are 20 percent on the year. Yes, because I thought I, I thought I'd read that the ruble actually appreciated the most and that it was an 11 percent increase. But maybe I'm just wrong. Yeah. No. Well, OK, maybe not that you might be thinking year to date. I'm talking 12 months. Or, OK. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, you can pull up a chart of DXY. It's a chart of DXY. The dollar's at like 104. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trading view DXY. Yeah. 
and then go to uh go to the year on the day yeah you see the one day yeah hell yeah or you can go to the go to the like the one year or the year to date yeah one year there you go yeah. So despite everything going on in the world, your theory is, look, dollar's worth more than it's ever been. Uh, invest in MarketWatch. They ain't a sponsor. They can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Actually, I, I want to make this point, though, real quick. Yeah. So the dollar is – and this is a manufacturer, right? The, the Fed – people saw this coming. And so the strong dollar is the only thing protecting us from high gas prices and the food shortages. The rest of the world is Europe's going to be in a terrible recession. We'll probably get some blowback, but we'll be good. It's based on the strong dollar. But on the other fucking side of that is we have printed more fucking dollars in the last goddamn three years. We, we doubled the M2 money supply. Imagine that. How the fuck is the dollar the strongest it's been in 25 cents except or 25 years? And we have more money floating around everywhere than there's ever been by a function of 100%. How can that be, dude? We're and I'll tell you what I think is going on. We're literally exporting the dollar and inflation to other parts of the world, and we can get away with this because we're closer to the Fed and the money. This is called the, the Cantillion effect. So it's basically trickle down economics, and we're getting we're in the middle of that trickle because we, although we're not rich, we're here in the U.S. We get paid in dollars. The real people of the trickle down are the ones in fucking these third world countries because their currency's shit. It's getting shittier. They're going into a recession. They need fucking dollars, dude. But they can't get it because the dollar's so high. But we're also printing so much to, to help us. It's a really crazy predicament. Um, it's it, it's amazing in the world of finance as much as I read how much I just don't know. I kind of miss I, I wish I'd worked in uh, like uh, financial firms and hedge funds for longer because I uh, I absorb so much information like uh, just from being an intern and basically going there and eating lunch. Uh, all right, let's call it an episode. Everybody out there, Stephen, give us a tease. So next week we're going to be uh, covering uh, you and I will we'll have to get on the phone to kind of go over the PowerPoint, but we're going to be covering the latest data leaks. We're going to be talking about the money that Fauci's been making on these patents while working at the NIH. Uh, what else are we going to be covering? I, I got a teaser and, and Kids yeah, livers. So yeah. Oh the, yeah. The PowerPoint's going to be like awfully technical. I was thinking I was just going to start with the conclusions and then we're just going to breeze through and then you can stop me and we'll start and we, and we can talk about the interesting stuff or the evidence. And then you can call me out and make me prove my points, which would be okay. good. And then just another little teaser. Um, according to the Pfizer trial data, where they had 21,000 people in the unvaccinated group, two of them died of COVID. According to that, you're actually 600 times more likely to win the California law. Or you're, excuse me, you're 600 times more likely to die from the vaccine than win the lottery. That's a wild stat. Six hundred. Yeah, yeah. More so, so sorry to say that. To sorry die to the vax, then win the lottery. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. To say that again, yeah. So you have a one in forty million chance of winning the California state lottery, and and uh, the the people that died of the vaccine in the um the people that excuse me, the people that died of the vaccine, if you take the amount of doses shipped over the three month period with the number of fatalities that Pfizer actually covered, but is unwilling to attribute to the vaccine, but actually don't list out the causes of death. And and if you look further down, you see that there's some cases of COVID. But anyway, so if you take the amount of people that died that Pfizer followed up that got the vaccine by the doses of vaccines, you actually get a, a ratio or percentage. And that percentage is 600 times higher than the percent of winning the lottery.
There you go. So yeah. go get your kids boosted. Everybody come out for summer porch tour in California. Uh, more dates coming soon. I dude, I hate logistics. Steven, can you just start booking the shit? I've been sitting down just trying to work. Thank God. I don't work for like a shipping company. I would jump out a fucking window. Uh, yeah. cause now I'm starting to switch around everything in my head, but anyways, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Probably back tomorrow with another episode. Uh, and I think that's it later, Steven. Oh yeah. Peace. Peace.